श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय बहुत भक्त बिंद की जय The difference I was making is that when, when Rupa Goswami talks about eligibility for bhakti in the um, second chapter of his work, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, he introduces bhakti, what qualifies one to take up the path. And he speaks of different levels of qualification to tread the path. And they are measures of faith. There's tender faith, and then there's strong faith, but faith, although strong, is not well informed by the scriptural argument such that it can't respond to counter-arguments comprehensively. And then there's the third, utam eligibility. All of these are levels of eligibility. Uttamadikari. The most person who's most qualified to, to proceed on the path hmm, is one who has comprehensive knowledge of the scripture and can understand the logic of the scripture and so on and so forth, things I discussed last night. So the difference between them for an Uttam Adhikari and Uttam Bhakta is the difference between how qualified one is to tread the path in the case of the uh, the uh, Uttamadikari, and how it spiritually advanced one is in terms of the Uttam Bhakta. In other words, in the Bhagavatam, rather than speaking about how qualified one is to tread the path, it speaks about realization hmm? when it speaks of three types of devotees. Um, their, their conceptual orientation um, and so forth. Uh, for example, the Kanishtadikari doesn't, it, or Kanishtam Bhakta, so in the Bhagavatam, the Kanishta Bhakta, he, uh, the Kanishta, the Kanishta doesn't, doesn't, sees, sees God in the deity, but doesn't see God in the devotee. And the description given there is very kind of um, um, classical, you know, the classical kanishta in terms of realization is that I realize kind of that God is there in the deity. So I come in and even though the Vaishnava is giving a beautiful discourse on the Bhagavatam, I ignore him and walk to the front and fold my hands and put a rupee in the box and walk out. Hmm? 
Now, there's all kinds of shades and degrees of that, obviously. But so he or she has realization that God is present in the deity. Of course, the, God is more present in the Vaishnava, and we wouldn't be respecting the deity if the Vaishnava hadn't told us that this is Krishna, and so on and so forth. But they're not able to trace that out. And so then the <coughs> Madhyam Bhakta is one who's characterized then in terms of realization by uh, discrimination. In other words, he or she is serious about making progress. Hmm? He wants to understand the thing very well, so they exercise discrimination, avoid certain people, people who are envious. They make friends with those who are of uh, similar faith and understanding. They share their understanding with uh, with those who are um, innocent or, or less advanced, and Ishwara Tiradina, they also they, they cultivate their, their love of God. I mean, four things are mentioned, but the principle there is that their, their realization is characterized by the exercise of discrimination, which means they're using their intelligence to think about what it is that I'm involved in. That could be like typically what we're talking about there is someone like, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, Nishta. Nishta means the full application of one's intelligence in bhakti. Therefore, Bhagavatam, for example, characterizes it nasta prayeshu vadveshu nityam bhagavata sevaya. Bhagavatam means nishta. So it's t- talking here about a stage of realization. The verse is, of course, it's a well-known verse. It, it says that one, nasta prayeshu abhadreshu nityam bhagavatam, by regularly hearing the bhagavatam, serving the person bhagavatam. Hearing the bhagavatam regularly means you've got to be using your intelligence. It, it means you're really studying the thing, understanding what's being said, what's the context of this verse, how does it apply, what have the acharyas said about it, that that kind of, that type of discrimination and, and use of intellect, thinking about what I'm involved in and so forth, that calls our, our progress. Kanishta bhakta, on the other hand, kind of wants to avoid thinking about it too much and hey, let's all be friends and you know, it's, it's a nice idea, but sometimes we, we have to pray, oh God, save me from my friends. They, they, <laughs> uh, that's, that's all possible. <clears throat> save me from my God brothers, you know, or God sisters. You might have to invoke that sometimes. <clears throat> and then the Uttam Bhakta is described in the Bhagavatam in terms of he or she sees Krishna and everything, everything in Krishna, Sarabhuteshu Yapashad, Bhagavan Bhagavan so forth. These are, as I said, were kind of invisible things that we could, maybe it's happening, maybe it's not. You really don't have to kind of be one and know one, so to speak. So, in one, in one place in the Bhagavatam, these three types of devotees are talked about in terms of realization. And in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, where the word adhikar is used. Hmm? That means eligibility. So it's talking about not necessarily their as much their realization, but how well informed they are, and thereby how, in terms of shastra, and thereby how strong their their shraddha is, their faith is, which is then how how well they're able to proceed along the path. Because 
eligibility for proceeding along the path requires faith in Shastra. Hmm? Vaidhi Bhakti is motivated by the proscriptions and the prohibitions and given in the scripture. Hmm? That, that's a little different than, 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 than um, Rag Bhakti. Rag Bhakti is also motivated by faith, but it's Shraddha, you know, Lobamai Shraddha. The faith is filled with Lobha also. Hmm? With a, with a, with a kind of eagerness or greediness. It implies some taste for the affairs. And it's in reference, of course, to, to the sweetness of the Braj Leela. But, um, in either case, there's faith in the argument of revelation. It's basically the faith in the idea of, dis- of that comprehensive knowledge will come if it chooses to exercise itself in relation to me and I respond to it accordingly. Hmm? So faith in that. And the, one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful bodies of or manifestations of the Godhead's outreach to us is the sacred texts, the, the spiritual canon, the, the, the scripture. So faith in scripture enables us, in, in Revelation, as I put it yesterday, enables us to tread the path. And so if we're going to tread under the guidance of someone, as we should, one whose understanding of that and so forth, who is most qualified thereby to tread it, will be a good person to hang out with, you know, to, to associate with. But at any rate, uh, there's a little bit of an overlapping there, hmm. being realization and faith in, in both of these. Kaviraj Krishnas cites from both Bhaktivedanta Sindhu and 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 Bhagavatam when talking about um, different kinds of. Um, devotees and so forth, but uh, the word adhikar indicates eligibility and Rupa Goswami uses these verses to talk about who's best suited to tread the path, which also implies that study of the scripture will help you to tread the path, which is just common sense, right? The more you know what it is that you're involved in, the more you're involved in it. Hmm? You can indeed be involved kind of mindlessly or you can be involved thoughtfully and 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 we resist that sometimes to some extent because it's troublesome. It's a little easier maybe to move our bodies around and get involved and, and, and join a social religious kind of a, a group with a with an experiential and revolutionary message, but not you know join the revolution so to speak, which is which is uh, you know kind of revolting against your 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 ego that you're you know fortified. Uh, within and um, and that exercise of the uh, one's uh, intellect according to one's intellectual capacity. That's why I say read the Bhagavatam, study the Bhagavatam, or serve the person Bhagavatam. Mm-hmm. You can read the Bhagavatam and and, uh, and misunderstand it. Serving the person Bhagavatam is a little harder to misunderstand because you can tell you you've misunderstood. <laughs> So, uh, but, but at any rate, to apply our intellect also, um, that's sometimes a little more, um, a little more challenging. Um, the more we rise, if you will, on the ladder of the material hierarchy, the closer, in a sense, we come to the soul, although the soul is categorically different than body, mind, intellect. Still, mind and intellect are more subtle than body, and our identification with them is actually stronger than it is 
with the body. So to use our body kind of mindlessly in the service is easier to do than to use our mind and and our intellect. In fact, to serve with the body is supposed to result in capturing the mind and internal experience and, and, and so forth. So, uh, like I said, I mean, if you insult somebody and say, you know, man, you're really, uh, you know, out of shape. Yeah. It's one thing. If you say, you're really stupid, that's another thing. You know, because like, we've <laughs> identified more with our intellect. It's closer to the self. That mind, intellect, that mental system is the medium through which consciousness, the soul, atma, communicates or expresses itself through gross matter through the body. It, it, so it, the mind is like the sixth sense, you know, the 11th sense. It's a sense, but it's but it's different. It's different than all of them. It can a- assume the, the shape of the thing that it's talking about. Hmm? And uh, so it's, 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 it's different in the sense of hearing and a sense of taste and so forth. So it's the medium is, it, through which consciousness expresses itself. Into the, into the physical world. Therefore, you know, in, in philosophy of mind and whatnot, you have these kind of uh, mind-brain arguments, and mind is, in that school, thought to be synonymous with consciousness, and both are thought to be, these days, synonymous with, with, with body, with brain, matter. But the um, 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 point is that mind is like closer to more resembles consciousness, the self, than than the senses do. And intellect is a subtle kind of, more subtle mind says, that might be nice, and intellect says, but it's not good for you. You know, that's quiet, subtle voice and that we're supposed to listen to that we often don't. So, so to harness all of that and apply that in bhakti, hmm, that's more difficult than just to join the group and, you know, and I mean, I think we join for the right reasons, but we're, but we are conditioned in such a way as to gravitate towards our conditioning in the context of joining something that's supposed to take us out of it. So we join because it sounds revolutionary, and you know, the body, and wow, this is a whole, you know, whole uh, great idea kind of a thing. Uh, not just that you're not the body, but that you could associate with Krishna and so forth. And then you take those ideas and then we gravitate towards our conditioning and it becomes a social-religious affair and we think that I'm an individual and that's why I join and then we start thinking of individual rights and, you know, which has nothing to do with what the individuality that's being spoken of in bhakti is all about. There's no rights. Hmm? Hmm? There's, we cannot invoke the American, you know, saying, no taxation without representation. It's all, you know, whatever Krishna wants, Krishna gets. You know, it's, we're signing on for for slavery, and then suddenly, years later, you think, I thought this was about personalism and being individual. And yeah, it kind of is, but not, <laughs> but what that means, it's it, you know, the individual sense of self that we have now, with all our feelings and thoughts and and, and emotions and whatnot. These are largely just a composite of our karmic predicament and so forth. Of course, as we practice bhakti, that starts to change a little bit. And when we see someone come from a previous life, they've been involved in this, we can see some of their thinking 
Their personality attributes, even their physical features, may have something to do with their spiritual culture of the past and so forth. So it will come through. But by and large, the individuality of material existence is something we want to do away with also because it gets in the way of the unity that we sense that reality must be about. So we have to you know, forego that individuality to find the unity and then find find the individuality within that. We're kind of each an individual spiritual atom. that are, Each one's the same, but each one has a different name written on it. And so it is a particular... Um, there's a particular way in which Bhagwan wants to accept service from us and the, the secret is to find that out. So, And it will feel like this is what I want to do. At the same time, it's only what God wants of us, something like that. Yes? One, one uh, way that one of our God brothers put it in a book, uh, he said, I may be qualified uh, to be a millionaire, I may have that qualification. I know how to do business, but I don't have the million dollars yet. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yes. I, if you could elaborate I, on this whole idea of you know becoming a madhyam and coming to the point of being able to discriminate, and how that you know fortifies our our practices, and it seems that sometimes with coming into being able to discriminate more that there's such a trap of um, thinking I'm better than others and um, in the discrimination seems to come a critical mind state that can actually be a negative um, qualification for bhakti. So how does one avoid entering into the realm of uh, madhyam and the, and the ability to discriminate without because at the same time, money means developing humility, developing, becoming meek and humble. So it almost seems like there's a pull between these two poles of feeling oneself meek and humble and discriminating and, and having a critical mind state. Trishnana Mahabhu describes that Nishtas as being characterized by humility. Hmm. Um, and so the two, nishta and humility, is what you're basically saying. They seem to imply different things because nishta implies a rigidity, fixed. And meanwhile, Mahaprabhu was speaking about the, the, the nishta bhakta in terms of humility, which implies some flexibility. Hmm. So there's some tension between the two terms, to be rigid and to be flexible, hmm, seem to be uh, contradictory. I, I, th- I think that you um, have to be think of, uh, as I said, initially in relation to the Bhagavatam, so rigid in relation to um, one's, um, one's practice hmm, and critical in relation to how to practice with regard to not how everybody else practices, but how I practice. And and then the teaching of how to practice to others should come primarily from my own example. Hmm? So that's kind of maybe the, the disconnect for, for some people. Um, we're studying 
you know, we're joining to make spiritual advancement. That's a fact. A lot of times emphasis is placed on outreach. Certainly Prabhupada placed a lot of emphasis on outreach to other people and so forth. But as I said the other night, maybe it was last night, when uh, Ramaswar first wrote to Prabhupada about how many books I sold one day or something like that, Prabhupada wrote back, that's very nice. He's selling so many books, but please tell Tripurayas, you know, we still read the books also. Not that I wasn't, but... Um, so we're practicing, you know, for our own purification. Mahaprabhu's principal means of outreaching to others was by his example, apaniyatri bhakti sikaim sabare, that he taught by example. Precept speaks louder than, or example speaks louder than precept. Mahaprabhu didn't write a commentary on the sutras and so forth, um, which is the principal characteristic of an acharya. Let's probably say the acharya's first and foremost, you know, primary contribution is a literary contribution. In the ancient times, it would mean a commentary on the sutras, for example, which would then, um, you know, you have the, your, your sampradaya, your, your whole, your following. You show how your idea is supported by the, by the sacred text, and there you go. Um, yeah, you've got a, you've got a sect um, that has to be recognized, uh, should be recognized by others. Um, so. Um, he didn't do that, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Well, granted, his followers wrote extensively, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna in his Acharya Leela. It's Krishna playing the role of an Acharya and teaching by his, his example. And he taught primarily by his example. His conversions were uh, of, of major players in the field. You know, the Prakashananda Sarasati, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, Venkatabhatta and so forth. Um, at least we can say that he he converted them primarily by his example and through that created a teachable moment which he then afterward gave them significant amount of teaching. Sarvabhoma, for example, he converted him by remaining silent, by listening to him. Like I said the other day, good preaching comes from listening, right? So he listened to Sarvabhoma for seven days and didn't say anything. And the gravity that he exhibited from not saying anything was was became heavier than anything that Sarvabhoma had said. The whole, whole room was weighted down by in Sarvabhoma's experience. What's he thinking? You know, I'm saying all these things. I'm giving it my all in all. I've given seven different interpretations of the Atmarama verse. That's pretty good. You know? <laughs> And he isn't saying anything. That shifted the weight then. He just sat there and listened in silence. And it created a doubt in Saravoma about the charger. It created a teachable moment. The teacher became teachable. And he, 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 and he ordered Mahaprabhu to say something. So he, yes, Gurudev. <laughs> and Mahaprabhu spoke. And he gave you know, whatever sixty-four explanations to the Atmarama verse, and uh, so he did speak, he did teach, but the conversion was really already had already taken place practically by his silence. With Prakashananda Saraswati, also, how, you know, he avoided them, the sannyasis in Banaras. He did Sankirtan. They criticized him. They called him a babuka, movie babuka, 
They were right, actually. Nigamakalpaturo, Galitam, Fulam, Shukumukaram, Tatrabasam, Mitam, Pibatu Bhagavatam, Rasa Mahalayam, Hurahum, Bhuvi, Bhavaka. So he was a Bhavaka. He was a sentimentalist. He was a person of feeling for the right thing. At any rate, they ignored him. They didn't ignore him entirely. He kept dancing. He kept chanting. And uh, he, in this way, he came on their mind. He was a sannyasi. He was conducting himself in their estimation in a way that a sannyasi shouldn't conduct himself. Singing with musical instruments and dancing in the street is not the conduct of a, of a sannyasi, they thought. He should be studying the Vedanta. Hmm? So they invited him. He avoided them. Finally, he, what did he do? He came upon their invitation and he sat where they uh, washed their feet before coming in. And his humility hmm, overwhelmed them. Hmm? And, you know, then he, of course, then he spoke to them as well. So, by his example, with Venkatabhata, who was, practically speaking, like the, a very key and leading figure in the Ramanuja Sampradaya, he, he converted them by joking with them. Hmm? Um, so he not with a lot of teaching. He was a Vaishnava already, so he was taking them from Vaidhi Bhakti to Rag Bhakti and and so forth. And so anyway, very much by his example, he he taught. This was his way. Hmm? He is Krishna, showing by example. Hmm? So that's incumbent upon us to do so. And uh, the English adage, as I said, is is there, and it's, it has a lot of truth to it that uh, example speaks louder than precept. So, so we should discriminate and study the scriptures with a view as to how to practice, how to apply the thing to myself. Hmm? Not just to gather a head full of information that I can regurgitate on, you know, and, 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 and defeat somebody else with and, and become more proud, proud as a result of that. But how it can humble me. So I, we have to use our head, as I said, to, to soften our heart. So um, we have to exercise discrimination with a with a goal in mind. Hmm? So we study the Bhagavatam. We, we 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 gather understanding. We acquire from from sadhus and so forth. And all of this, we come to sessions like this. Hopefully, I'll hear something that I will really. I can apply that can help me adjust my thinking that I can I can chant better. This is what we're doing. We're learning how to chant better here. These are this is what it's all about. Everything is there in the name, but like I said, what just ha- what, hap- why, what happened to just chant Hare Krishna Maharaj? You know, well sometimes we need to hear a little bit why we should chant, how we should chant, what 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 uh, um, uh, have an, a proper mental and conceptual orientation to the to the practice that will foster real real growth mm-hmm. so we should study with a view you know read with a view to to get something that I can apply in my practice then by the exercise of my intellect and my discrimination and so forth I'm softening my heart at the same time and then I will have occasion where I have to point out that's wrong if I'm a teacher mm-hmm, and Intermediate devotees are do have a role of teaching, at least to innocent people, hmm? um, uh, or, or, or less advanced devotees to share share with them the knowledge and so forth. 
And um, and of course, when you when you use your discriminating faculty like this to study the book, as I say, to soften your heart, and you and you you you, you grow in that connection, then you feel that the the progress that you've made is a kind of a gracious grant. You don't feel that it's by your endeavor. This is the, the, the nature of spiritual progress. We feel, as much as we've tried hmm, and applied ourselves, we still feel when we get kind of a breakthrough, if you will, that, oh, it's a gracious grant. I've given an example. If you're, before, if you're in the jungle and you fall in a well, you know, an old dried well, how will you get out? You have to call help, right? And someone will come who heard you and throw a rope to you. And they'll say, okay, hang on to that rope, you know, tight, and I'll pull you up. So you pull them up. When they get to the top, they don't say, wow, I really held on to that rope good, didn't I? That's not even think. They did. And they had to, to get up. But they don't think like that. They think, you saved me, you know. They didn't think, I really cried help loud, didn't I? You know, no, that's not. <laughs> and they did. They tried as loud as they could and they held on as tight as they could. But they felt like their deliverance from the predicament was the uh, the grace of someone else. Hmm. So having had that experience, one's not proud. Hmm. One may be convinced. Hmm. One may be sure <laughs> of what they're talking about. That may sound like pride, but but um, well, there's a there's a confidence that comes with spiritual humility. <clears throat> spiritual humility brings a kind of I know I'm doing the right thing. I'm I know I'm making this is good for me. I'm making progress. I know this will be good for others if they understand it in this way. I see how they're understanding in a different way, and it's inhibiting their progress. I thought like that once, you know, these kind of things. So, so to use your discriminating power to make progress, to do, to, to, to work, to, you know, to do your own heart surgery, so to speak, where whereas some people are preoccupied with outreach to the point they forget about them, themselves and their progress and it, and it be, just becomes a thing where it's, a, it's just a, an exercise of weak faith. That's all it is. Just an exercise of weak faith. Finding enemies, attacking them, defeating them. And the ironic thing about that, that phenomenon of weak faith needs an enemy, so you get all excited and you want to f- knock the guy down and so forth, is that the enemy can detect weak faith. <laughs> they can cont- detect that. Hmm? So they don't really they don't really go away. They aren't really defeated hmm, by that. Whereas strong faith and even less words hmm, that has power, you know, to change to change to change someone. So um, yeah, it's 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 not really um, uh, contradictory to be fixed, to be convinced, and to be soft-hearted. The Madhimanakari is characterized again by sharing, by 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 um, showing compassion uh, to others, and that requires um, a, a big heart. 
And show compassion for others doesn't mean just to tell people what to do. It's to, it's to feel how they feel and to try to offer them uh, a remedy. And if you've been there, or if you've tried to go there, you know, put yourself in their place and understand how they're feeling and thinking why they have the faith that they do and so forth. They're going to feel that you've gone through that exercise and that you're, you're meeting them, you know, kind of where they are and so forth. It's, fr- it's a, it's a friendship actually, uh, you know, outreach is kind of a, is a, is a friendly affair. It's not an enemy making affair. It's a friend making affair. So you have to think like that. I want to make friends with this person, you know, or this devotee. Hmm? And in the context of that, I have something to, you know, to tell them. A wonderful thing that we should share. This is what Krishna consciousness really is. It's not that, you know. So, uh, yeah, you seem to be. Yeah, I guess it's, it's that part all makes sense, everything you said, but it seems like the part that, like last night, what Madam was reading about, you know, looking for a guide and you have to discriminate, you know, to see, oh, is this person really up to the standard to give me guidance? So, <clears throat> so there has to come in a critical thinking and some acceptance and elimination and, and, and even to find like-minded association. There's like this idea, oh, they, was this person are they up to the standard? And so then, again, it, it seems like you have to get into some kind of critical mindset. To be well, you don't let your dog, you know, and, and usually into the, you know, to eat dinner with you. So it doesn't mean you don't love them. So, yeah, you do have to exercise discrimination. We do that all the time. But, but that means we, we love everybody according to where they're at. And we have to deal with them accordingly. So... Love, you know, is not going to be expressed in the same way to everyone because everyone is not, it's a reciprocal affair. Everyone's not reciprocating in the same way. So Krishna's fair to everybody. He reciprocates with everybody according to how they reciprocate with him. Hmm? And some people he sends to hell. <laughs> you know, so that's how they're reciprocating with him. That's what they want. That's what he, whatever, that's what he, you know, he, 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 he does with them. So... Uh, love's not so easy to understand. We want wise love, and those who aren't wise in in the name of love often misunderstand love. Love can be tough also, right? Hmm? Sometimes parents love their children. They have to be a little tough with them and say, no, you can't do it. You can't have that. And they think, mommy doesn't love me, you know? So hopefully they, they grow up and they, they, they get kids of their own. They change, you know, they, they go back and love their mother or whatever. We appreciate that <laughs> in due course. So, um, yeah, love is, love, real, really love is, is pregnant with, with knowledge. And love, you, you, there's a kind of knowing that's essential and so forth. It's not an, an, an ignorant, uh, state. It's a, it's a kind of an ignorance that you are able to turn Faults into into ornaments, and uh, in due course, it harmonizes all things and so forth. But it's uh, it's wise in that way. So, so I think that with regard to looking for a guide, then we have to be critical. We have to think critically. But primarily, primarily, the critical thinking should be how much I need a guide. We have to reflect on ourselves. What is our position? If you really look carefully, you see, I have a great necessity. And the more you have a necessity, the more prospect you have, the more likelihood you have of, of finding um, 
the help that you need because if you don't think you need help then you are you know you're not open so the, the more that you really feel that you need help the more you are in a position to understand finding a guru is not really an intellectual exercise krishna says you know brahmanda brahmi tekon bhagavan jeev guru krishna prasade pai bhakti latobi that uh, the jeev is wandering in the brahmanda and uh, and by the grace of krishna he gets the guru by the grace of the guru he gets krishna so and we all have something then what can we do you know we're flawed that's just a fact you know i mean i said this to some other another Gaudi acharya i said well actually you know we're flawed inherently not just we not are we materially flawed that our material perfections are you know have no currency for p- purchasing power in 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 the land where there's no death mental physical and intellectual but spiritually speaking as a jivatma we're flawed we're prone to this condition we're consciousness but we're small in size so we tend to be overwhelmed by the vastness of material nature so it's by grace the grace of the sarup shakti which is very generous hmm, that we were able to function in the realm of 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 Golok. it's not inherently that we have a right to go there, you know, we should make our claim and so forth, it's by grace. Um, so, we need help, is the point. So the more you understand that, the more you're actually in, in, in come in the proximity hmm, of that help. Sukadeva, Parichit Marsh needed help, and Sukadeva appeared on the scene. And according to our Sukriti from previous lives, we'll get some help. Hmm? You may get help, and help may become that help may become a hindrance at a certain point. Also, we have to step aside and go and, and, and go further. Find, but that means to find more help, to find better help, and so forth. So that's also a possibility. Um, but um, you know, we should be careful about the critical thinking. Also, with regard to finding the guide, that should be there to an extent, um, both in terms of critiquing our own, you know, reality and our necessity, as I said, and also the qualification of, of the guide. But we're limited to see hmm, the, and understand the qualification. That, that, that's a fact. Um, and if we find in connection with a guide, we're getting help, might as well just take the help instead of thinking, Feels like help, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's not that useful. If it's helpful, <laughs> you know, it's helpful. You know, you know it. So take the help. If at a certain point it doesn't become helpful, then you know you can bring up your questions and 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 and, and try to figure out why and so forth. And it may be your fault, and maybe it may not be. You know, but if you're getting help, then this is a problem. People are getting helped, but they're thinking, I don't know. It feels good, but I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's really good. You know. <laughs> So that means we are kind of like looking with our with our intellect, and and if it was proper to be okay, you know. But but if you were to use that same critical thinking against Prabhupada, you know, you know, you, you'd, you'd have doubts too. I mean, we didn't really use that when we joined Prabhupada. We weren't like critically thinking. If I took out all my lists, you know, you know, now I think, well, I don't know, Prabhupada, <laughs> he said this, and that's pretty pretty far out, you know. You sure you meant that, you know? Uh, but we didn't think like that at, at, at the time. Hmm? We kind of closed down our critical thinking.
thinking, our intellect, in, in a sense, by the power of his spirituality. But um, but it's useful to a to a to a point. Um, but it, uh, we, we, the guru kind of finds us, so to speak, uh, in due course, and uh, and there's some magic to all of that. Uh, it's not merely an intellectual exercise. If, if we if we simply approach the absolute with our intellect, we'll be eventually hurled back, because intellect doesn't have. It's not the 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 uh, vehicle to go there. Intellect is not a suitable vehicle to go there. It doesn't fit. Transcendence, the Godhead, Krishna, and Guru, for the same in the same sense, within the intellect, doesn't fit there. It's meant to expose the shortcomings of intellect, among other things. Hmm? So, if we try to go there only with the intellect, we're going to be repelled. And repelled means we're not going to find a guide. And eventually, we're, we may not. We, we, we may decide there's there's no there's no need for a guide because there's no God. <laughs> so, it's a critical intellect is to be used. Like I said last night, by scripture, by bhakti, um, and we have to be careful not to be used by our intellect. Hmm? That's to be cheated out of all that the self is. Hmm? The intellect can't shed light on it on on the soul. It can shed light on what it means to pursue the soul. The scripture is talking about. Hmm? But in and of itself, it's inferior to Atma. Yes? But it says, Maharaj, that uh, there is big chance of uh, conflict between intellect and the heart. And uh, especially yeah. if someone is, you know, most people who come to the spiritual life, they are they start from the from the low position. We are now neophytes in most of the cases. And uh, to see, to be able to recognize our heart and distinguish it from our mind, from our sentiments, from our attractions or whatever is very difficult. And uh, seems like the the intellect needs to be a very you know very strong part of our decision making. Uh, whereas uh, from this what you are saying, uh, it sounds like we should more or less push the intellect intellect a little bit to the side and just follow our heart. Well, um, we do have to follow our heart. That's that's true. We do actually. Um, um, but what, what I'm saying is that we should use our intellect to strengthen our heart, to soften our heart, to to understand our weakness, our necessity, our dependence, our need for help. That is kind of the sp- a spiritual language then. The heart speaks a spiritual language. Hmm? And that's the language that we can actually communicate with Bhagwan with, with, for example, with prayer and so forth. Prayer is not an intellectual exercise. Chanting is not an intellectual exercise. It's a reasonable exercise. It, tra- it is, but in and of itself, it transcends reason. It's trans-rational. It's reasonable to chant. You can make that argument. Hmm? But the chanting itself is not an intellectual exercise. Prabhupada characterized it as a crying, hmm? which seems like, oh, you're crying. You know, you should hear. Let me give you some reasons why you shouldn't cry. Why it's all right and so forth. So, so, no, so, so this is a kind of a wise, uh, wise, wise crying. So, we have to be careful. We have to use our intellect, right? But we have to use it in such a way that, that our necessity becomes uh, greater, our heart becomes softer, that we can cry more. 
if you will. And because that, that's the means by which we can actually know hmm, in a comprehensive way, know in a way that's fulfilling, not just by knowing in the head. So I don't mean to say that we shouldn't use our intellect, we should use it very, to its, to its fullest. But we have to use it in such a way as to soften the heart because the actual independent exercise of intellect can, and this is what you're alluding to, harden the heart. That's why gyan, as a spiritual practice, is not an anga, a limb of bhakti. Bairagya, detachment, is not a limb of bhakti. Hmm? Hearing and chanting are, and so many other things, but jnana and bhairagya, which are so like, you think, wow, I mean, knowledge and bhairagya are not limbs of bhakti. You know, these are like important things. Detachment, of course, when we do talk about it, and knowledge, the difference between the self and the, and the body, this is important, but they're not jnana and vairagya limbs of bhakti. They don't have much utilization in bhakti. Then again, there is renunciation in bhakti. There is a kind of knowledge in bhakti that comes out of bhakti. Hmm? And the reason that we don't, one of the reasons that jnana is not a limb of bhakti because it hardens the heart. It doesn't soften the heart. So we can't be... Uh, yeah, there's the harmonizing of the head and the heart that is an important exercise, which which is the moving from Kanishtadikari to Madhimadikari. That's what it's about. It's a harmonizing of the head and the heart. And it's an important uh, exercise. It's not an easy exercise. Um, and the head can take precedence, and the heart can become hard. And you can become an atheist in pursuit of your own spiritual progress hmm, by exercising the power of discrimination. So but there are other ways around also. Yeah. The heart takes prominence and you completely forget about, you know, and, uh, Right. Right. And you just remain a big Kanishtadikari and sentimental and and you think, you know, whatever, you know, it's, you know, we chant with anybody and yeah, and, and Whatever you know, there's, you shouldn't chant with certain groups, perhaps that aren't under the auspices of, of Shruti Bhakti. If you want Shruti Bhakti, but so it's a fine line. It's an important uh, spiritual uh, exercise, and it should be done with good guidance. Hmm? Yes. I don't know how to say this gently, so it probably won't come out real gentle. <laughs> okay. Uh, there is a class of. Vaishnavs that feel the the young uh, aspirant doesn't have the intellect to make good decision regarding guru. Therefore, they feel it necessary that they impose their higher knowledge upon the aspirant and uh, in an institutional way. How do you harmonize that? Well, here's a sadhaka, he has no way, he can't, he can't discriminate. We're talking here of discrimination. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the ability to discriminate. I have to discriminate for him. And tell him I who's a guru that, and who's yeah, not a guru. Yeah, I need to, otherwise he's going to make the wrong choice. Uh-huh. How do we harmonize that? Well, um... I 
I don't know if history uh, bears that out, and I don't think that the people who say that, that that was their experience. In other words, you know, it's probably Prabhupada's disciples saying that, and uh, well, I'll speak for myself. I didn't have much discrimination <laughs> about spiritual matters when I chose Prabhupada as my guru. Hmm? Um, and it's very possible that I could have heard from elders who knew more than me. Hmm? And they would have told me that Prabhupada is not a, your guru. Right? Some of Prabhupada, well, to be, you know, specific, some of Prabhupada's godbrothers would have been much more qualified than, than me in, with regard to discrimination as to what's bhakti and what's not bhakti. But they very well may have, and some of them did, try to tell us, even after we were initiated, that we made the wrong choices. Hmm? So we have that example in history. And it's ironic, in a sense, that the people that are saying what you're saying in a, you know, in a particular institution had that experience, and then they are doing the opposite, in a, in a, in a sense, by, by wanting to be the godbrothers of the, you know, of, of, of the perspective uh, guru, for example, of, of some new devotee, and say you can't discriminate properly. They may be right in some instances. That's also there. They may know better, and they may, but um, I don't know. I I don't tend to be. I I find that um, a lot of my godbrothers and godsisters seem to like kind of dumb things down in a way that they don't they don't um, they don't tend to respect people for being intelligent and being able to make decisions and uh, and, it, and then the people that go with that tend to be less intelligent people and then uh, uh, and that's the kind of group you end you end up with people who want others to do their thinking for them most of, well when most of us joined, we weren't like that. We weren't looking for someone to do the thinking for us. We had a lot of thoughts about things, and we were very active people in counterculture and, and, and so forth. Um, so uh, I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt that they're intelligent and that they're sincere. I said yesterday, Prophet basically ran the movement, his movement, on a premise that they're sincere, they're chanting. So... They can lead the way. There must be something that's going to come from that. That uh, Krishna is taking us over here to China or you know to San Francisco or this that, the other place. And, you know, there's no and to over to to put an overriding you know statement of all. There's no like sure way you're going to you know deal with this thing. You know that nobody can make a mistake and and it'll always work out right and you know. You have to realize that at a certain point, and then there's a there's a problem in trying to do it for everybody, like you're kind of you're talking about that. that that's problematic, also. Um, I gave an example there of you know, prophets God would have done that would have been very prob- problematic, counterproductive, and untrue. So the very system we have historically an example of how. It was it was completely you know it, it, counterproductive, and so to make it, I wouldn't be so sure of myself. I think there's a little of both. You know, there's instances where, you know, you may be in a position to advise somebody and say, 
and uh, if you want my advice, and if they don't want it, then maybe you shouldn't offer it. You know, I mean, there's a real. Um, I'm not a real. Contr- you know, I don't think I'll put it like this. I don't think that controlling things is is the way to go. <laughs> Try to control things is 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 not. Uh, that's that's unrealistic in life in general. I mean, we have to. Put, some controls on on things, but we should control, you know, our controlling tendency, measuring, controlling. This is what the whole material life is about. Maya means to measure. You know, how big is it? I've got it. Okay, it's this big. I've controlled it. It's now subordinate to me. I've measured it. I've understood it. Um, Reality is not like that. We can't control it. And so with the spiritual movement. Hmm, I think the controls have to be, you know, we have to focus more on ourselves and our own spiritual progress. And, um, and you know, there's, there is a God. I mean, you know, he's also, the people have hearts. They're sincere. They want spiritual life. And so they get some insight. They get some insight that, um, you know, uh, that I can get guidance here within this group. So they come to the group. And then they they, they attach to some person who who's representing the group in some capacity, and they want to be uh, his or her you know disciple. Um, and then if everybody's really focusing on themselves and their own spiritual progress primarily, hmm, and in the context of that doing outreach as well, then then a, you know you've got a control system. In a sense, because the other guy who, who's the prospective guru knows I'm not really qualified. You may think so, appreciate that, but I know I'm not qualified to, to, to serve you in that capacity. So in other words, you put the onus on everybody for, then, then you have a kind of a check and a balance system to an extent. Meanwhile, if a lot of people are going over there, over there, you ought to hear over there. I hear over there. You're coming to me, but I'm hearing over there. Then you know there's a there's a consensus and so forth. And um, you know the fact of the matter is this kind of service, serving others in the capacity as a teacher, it's more rare. There are going to be a lot fewer teachers than there are students. And so I think that it's better, as I say, to really encourage people to look at themselves, their own spiritual growth. And focus on that, and be and, and acquaint even the elders with, you know, what what prem is, what bhav is, what even what even you know, uh, so many of these you know terms are, and and and, and so forth. And, and when there's too much focus on outreach, hmm, it's kind of like the easy thing, like for me to go and talk to you know, Bach to Tom, you know, I mean, you know. Dr. Fred, who's been here a few months earlier, might be able to do that, you know, sufficiently. It's not a big challenge for me, but for me to talk to, you know, a room full of sannyasis, you know, and give a class to them, that's a challenge. Or, or devotees, devotees who've been around, who have knowledge and who have just maturity, and so that's a real challenge. Hmm? I've got to know more in order to hold their attention. I've got to be more. Hmm? And um, so when there's, that's why, you know, probably would say things sometimes like, we should boil the milk. You know, let's, 
that's a, that's a big step in the direction of outreach, huge. Hmm? Um, so, and that again is focusing on one's own spiritual progress and, and necessity for that and so forth. And, I, and I've heard I, people say, and I wish I could had more time to focus on my spiritual life, but you know, Prabhupada wanted the, you know, this and that and the other. You know, it's like I always look at it and like, well, you know, <laughs> Prabhupada wanted you to go back to Godhead. You might want to think about that and and how that you know will facilitate other people going back to Godhead by your example and so forth. So if we, that emphasis is caught, was always given there for each individual to make progress, even at the cost of like, you know. Want to have a meeting? How to make everybody make progress here instead of how to get more people in or, or whatever? You know, that kind of emphasis. I'm saying you get, you know, you get like say you've got some temples in America. You know, you get, you know, three sannyasis and here's what they do: they go from temple to temple and, and they, they give, you know, a seminar on you know, Brihat Bhagavatamrita, you know, and, and or you know, and they just keep going around like that. You know, I mean that's. That kind of thing is, is what sannyasis, for example, should be doing. They won't, probably that's the idea was they repeat the people who would purify, see to the purity of the of the rest of the sect, ensure that by their example and teaching and so forth. So that's more of a challenge for a sannyasi to preach to the to the devotees than a, to preach to the the new people. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, then so if that kind of orientation will foster some kind of Honesty and so forth, so that when Bhakta, you know, Pete thinks, I, you know, I, I want Arjun City as my guru, you know, and she says, well, thing, you know, you know, I, uh, that's great, appreciate, you know, the sentiment, but I, I don't feel like I'm qualified to do that, and she's honest about it, rather than she goes, hey, that sounds like a good idea. I thought I was pretty knowledgeable, and uh, you know, I, 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 a lot of people like to listen to me. I'm glad you do, and uh, so you know. Stop by for the beads tomorrow afternoon, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, rather than being so overly concerned with who, you know, Bhaktin Mary wants to get initiated by, we should be concerned ourselves with guidance, getting guidance if if we are not in a capacity to, in a comprehensive way, to do guidance. And even if we are, I mean, what is the meaning? What is the meaning of Narutam Thakur praying that Yeyani Lopremadhan, you know, that Rupa's gone, Sanatana's gone, Krishna Kaviraj is gone, what am I going to do? I beat my head against the wall. Here's a person who's, who's got, who's got, who can drown the world with his own association, hmm? drown them in praying. Hmm? And he's saying what, what a necessity he has for association with advanced devotees and what a loss he feels in their in their absence. Hmm? So this should be cultivated, this spirit, this <laughs> sentiment. Um, and uh, I think that's the best way to kind of control the, the situation, if, if you will. Um, it invites Krishna into the, the equation. It, 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 uh, it kind of Opens the door for you know miracles to happen. So much as we want to control it, and and, and all the, the more we take the the, the the life out of it, the the, the spirit out of it, 
uh, again, it's an over-intellectualizing on, on, the, on, on, on bhakti, you know, on a controlled bhakti. Krishna himself says, you know, or uh, Kaviraj Goswami, through the pen of Kaviraj Goswami, we learn that the jiva is wandering and bhagya, bhagya means sadhu sangha, it means, that's what it means. He becomes fortunate. Hmm? And by the grace of Krishna, he gets the guru in the context of sadhu sangha and, and, and under the guidance of the guru, he gets, he gets Krishna. So, there's, you know, there's somebody behind the whole thing. Hmm? And as much as people are sincere, then that's going to play itself out. Hmm? And as much as they're not, well, then what can be done? Hmm? You can't control that. You can't force people to be, be more sincere or, 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 or you, and you can't change something that, you know, According to their sukriti, they're going to get certain guidance, and then they may have to move on. You can't change that. That's that happens. Hmm? And how they deal with that, then that will be the measure of their interest in bhakti and and and, and so forth. You know, we've approached Krishna. Okay, he can either like you know smile brightly at us, or like hit us with a lightning bolt. It's possible that we should be prepared for anything. Hmm? And that may be good for us. We may think the worst, here I did, here I went and approached Krishna and the worst possible thing happened to me. So we can either conclude, damn that Krishna, or, you know, <laughs> you know who cares for this? Or we can try to think about it, you know, I actually have faith in Krishna, so this, this seems like he's against me, but he can't be against me. I know about him. That's why I approached him. He's not against me. He wasn't even against Putana. How could he be against me? Hmm? So it must be the way I'm looking at it. It looks like he, he punched me in the nose and I was looking for an embrace. It must be something else. Maybe, you know, I needed to punch in the nose or maybe, you know, this is a, you know, and to, so to respond with it in, in, the, in, a, in a right way, that's what's important. And the reasons of it all, you know, you, who can sort that out? So. You know, there, there are mistakes will be made, problems will happen. Hmm? The broader perspective is there are no problems. There are no mistakes. That's the bigger bhakti perspective. There are no problems. There's only service opportunities. Hmm? So, the more we enter into bhakti, the less we have to control. That's why the Uttamadakari says there's nothing to there's nothing to worry about. Everything's fine. <laughs> you know, he's a problem for us, you know. <laughs> but a little bit of that, you know, has to be, you know, has to come through in in the teaching. And um, and uh, I think that's a better way to you know, to express concern about people. Yeah. Uh, so going back to what you said earlier. Uh, the knowledge and the detachment can be an impediment. Is there a distinction between the knowledge and, and uh, detachment, uh, renunciation, uh, that we try to employ and that causeless knowledge and detachment that comes as a result of bhakti? Is there a, a distinction in the two? Well, you know, yeah, there are, there's a pat, there's the, there's the gyan marg, hmm? The path of Gyan and the detachment, you know, that 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 comes with that, 
and then there's knowledge of Krishna. So, there's knowledge of Krishna's form, there's knowledge of Krishna's qualities, there's knowledge of Krishna's leelas. That's bhakti. That's sambandhagyan. So, we don't... Uh, we say bhakti is full of knowledge. This is the kind of knowledge in bhakti. There's detachment in bhakti in that we renounce things that aren't favorable to this, for the service of Bhagavan, aren't favorable to bhakti. It's not renunciation. It's bhakti. But it comes out you know, as renunciation. It's not knowledge. It's, it's, it's bhakti. How beautiful is Krishna? It is knowledge, but it's the, it's the knowledge that's inherent in bhakti. It's the renunciation that's inherent, inherent in bhakti. So the idea is that the positive focus on bhakti itself, the descending path, brings about a certain kind of knowledge and a certain kind of detachment. One can't be too detached or it will be an impediment to bhakti because sometimes for bhakti, you have to enjoy. If I, he, he, detachment may, may be a cause of aparad. If I say to you, here, take the Mahaprasad. You say, oh, I don't eat sweets. You just made aparad. <laughs> you have to enjoy that now. Hmm? For bhakti, you have to be able, willing to, you, have, you can't be too opposed to, to enjoyment and you can't be too inclined towards detachment. This is the middle path, bhakti, because both are elements of bhakti. Hmm? Bhoga and tyag, are harmonized in bhakti. There is renunciation in bhakti and there is enjoyment in bhakti. Hmm? So, so then, it's a, it's a, it's a, we, 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 we dismiss jnana and vairagya as paths unto themselves. Hmm? We consider them like two streams that came out of the Himalayas that didn't connect with the Ganga and therefore never made it to the day of Bengal. Hmm? But if Gyan, Bhairagi or Gyan and, and uh, uh, yeah, are, are connected with Bhakti, hmm, or if they come out of Bhakti, even better is the idea, then they have meaning, value. Hmm. But yeah, it's 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 Gyanam to come. Vasudevi Bhagavati Bhakti Uprayotita Gyaniati Janiati Ashu Bhairagyam Gyanam Chayar to come. So not, uh, causeless knowledge means knowledge from bhakti. Bhakti has no cause other than himself. Yes? Um, it's a common uh, expression it's in Shastra. We should associate with like-minded persons. But the, the downside isn't always, or I don't think I've really heard it. I've experienced a downside as you associate with people of your... Um, whether it's political thinking, or, yeah, fill in the blank, and, and it can be an, it can be an impediment. You're associated with like-minded people who think of maybe you know your particular strain of bhakti or in your faith, but that, that's your you, you don't really it seems just to let you broaden your horizon. Yeah, you know you're you're kind of you're associated with like-minded people, but then they don't come to hear you know a talk or they. It's just, uh, well, maybe they're not like-minded then, <laughs> if you do. But I think one thing is that you can't really associate with people who aren't like-minded in the full sense of associating. Because, oh, 
he thinks like that. Well, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> you know, so the more that your minds are like, the more you can actually associate. Hmm? Then at the same time, as you're saying, in the context of like-minded association, hmm, then um, are we potentially um, cutting ourselves off from other ways of thinking about things? That uh, So I, I think that the idea is that you associate, and, and the more you really associate in the full sense of the term, you need like-minded people. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that you're going to be you're, you're cut off from all kinds of people because you have to meet all types of people in the course of your, you know, whatever you may do. People may be at, maybe at work or other devotees who won't come to your program at your house, but you you live next door to them. So you have some association. You can't get that close with them because they have, in ways, they're not like-minded, but then you, you, you hear their perspective. So I don't, I don't think that, um, you know, the idea of associating with like-minded persons implies that you should, you know, cut yourself off from all kinds of other people. It's not even possible, especially in the age in which we live. You know, you can't turn on your computer or not hear all kinds of things that people are are thinking and uh, so forth. So, and you know, it, it's 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 again, association means intimacy. Hmm? Association means like-minded, in the full sense of the term. So, there are going to be all types of other associations that are a little short of that full full sense. And, um, and it, you know, it's certainly good to... Um, uh, and you can associate with like-minded person and talk about how other persons think and, and why they think. And, and it, that's, that's good, that's healthy. If you want to understand why somebody doesn't come to your program or why somebody's not a devotee, then you have to really dig and get inside their head, so to speak, and why why they feel like that, what their reasoning is, what their thinking is. That's certainly very um, useful. You might find they have good reasons, and then you change. Oh, that's why they're doing it. Because the way I express it, <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's not appealing. So oh, I should change. That's why they're... Yes? Another perspective can be also that uh, if you really associate properly, if you have you know, a good group of the devotees and you associate properly, you, you have to say, you don't stack in one concept because you, you make progress in spiritual life and your understanding and, and tolerance or whatever it is, it depends and depends more and more. So, you know, even if you have just like, let's say, one group, but you can you can make still progress and go deeper and deeper to any kind of realizations and, right. and you know, it's just the quality of the sangha more or less is important. Yes, in advanced stages, then one may only want to associate with those who are cultivating the same sentiment. Only hear those pastimes, only those names. You can find things like that. Bhakti Vinod Thakur writing things like that sometimes. So yes. Prabhupada is speaking about uh, guru and disciple and qualification guru. I'm trying to understand the process of initiation. Some people say that divya jnana, because we define initiation by divya jnana. You see the divya jnana from the guru. Hmm. So some people say you can get divya jnana just by reading books. Hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what constitutes initiation? 
Well, people say, what's the need of a guru in our technological age? Because you know, in previous times, well, few people had books. There were no printing presses, and they were the the Brahmins and and the gurus, and so you had to go to them to get the knowledge. And now there's printing presses and PDFs, and you know, you get anything you want. So, what's the need of the guru? That's an argument that is uh, has some popular uh, appeal, especially when gurus have not um, always been that appealing for people in that, in that position. So I think the argument is basically flawed because the, it's, 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 it's approaching the Bibhigyan, transcendental knowledge, in the way we would approach any other form of knowledge. Just go and take it. Mm-hmm. Hmm? But uh, just like uh, we're, we're accustomed to acquiring knowledge to further our own sense of self. We go to school, we get some knowledge, we put it in our file, we use it when it's convenient, we get a better job for it. So we have, we have an agenda and we gather knowledge to help us pursue our agenda. The knowledge itself doesn't have an agenda, but the Dibyagan has an agenda of its own. Hmm? And we're on it. That's a very different, it's a categorical shift. I'm hearing this knowledge and I realize, wow, it has an agenda and I'm on it. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, so this is something to serve, you know, to, 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 to worship, to, uh, and so forth. So the approach to it is very, very different. Hmm? When, so when we take the same approach by which we go to acquire other types of knowledge and think, I'll just get that, I don't need the guru, it's kind of a thing, um, then uh, you know, we aren't gonna, we're going to get a facsimile only of what it is. We're not going to get the real thing. There's a language that um, you know, we have to learn to, to speak to communicate with God. It's, it's, it's the language of love. We don't speak the language. We, we're lucky if we speak the language of reason in today's world. Um, guru is one who speaks the language of love and the language of reason. And so he or she is is the person who can speak to us about love reasonably hmm, to people who speak the language of reason hmm, and, and then start to bring them beyond reason to experience of and acquaintance with the language of love. So it's a heart language. It's a, it's not a head thing. So uh, in and of itself. So um, that idea is is a confused idea in, in relation to this type of knowledge and how to approach it in terms of everything that's been said about it. Hmm? So you can go get the book, but this is the, what the book says. This is how this knowledge is to be approached, and on on the terms of the absolute, on the absolute's terms. Um, so, you know, for those, and he said, evam parampara I give the system parampara. This is what I give. Hmm? This is the, the way in which I'm, I'm approached. This is the way in which I protect my, um, you know, teachings. Hmm? It's a nice verse, a Bhagavad Gita, fourth chapter, evam parampara praptam. It has a very nice, it's a static, dynamic, you know, 
uh, sides to both of it. You have the static side, parampara. Parampara means one after the other. One after the other after the other. You know, when you hear this, it's a chain. It's an unbroken chain. One after the other after the other. There's some security in that. There's some, like, um, something concrete about it. Like, I go here, it's been handed down unbroken. It's handed down to the next one unbroken. It's handed down to me unbroken. Hmm? This is kind of comforting. Life's like, you know, out of control. <laughs> and we want to get some firm ground to stand on. So when we invoke the word parampara, if we understand it properly, it gives some concreteness to the world that's, that's hard to get a handle on and, 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 and how to solve the problems of life. It's all here. It's perfect. It's handed down one. And be careful. Don't break the link. Keep it intact. You know, we hear like that. This is the static side of the verse. And it's important. I mean, it's, it's, it's the way, you know, Krishna says, Parampara. But anyway, I'll go on. The other part, the dynamic part is Sakalena Mahata, Yoganashta Parantava. Kal means time. Hmm? And he says, with the influence of time, things lost. Therefore, the Parampara, time means things change and, and the teaching needs to be renewed. And so it's dynamic. So it implies that the person in the chain, hmm, while conveying the same knowledge, is going to be doing it in a dynamic way. Hmm? according to the time and the circumstance, and that's the necessity of it also, because the time changes, the necessity changes. And time is Krishna, that's his own hand, he says. Time I am. Time takes one devotee back, he can't tolerate his separation. He wants to put light on, shed light on another devotee. Hmm? And the thing goes on like this, parampara. You know, some people want to do away with the parampara, but the, because they feel there was a spiritual vacuum after their guru left. But Krishna says, no, that's not the way I deal with the spiritual vacuum. I send somebody else. The parampara is the system. You can't do away with that in the name of solving the problem. Hmm? You have to look deeper. That's the whole idea of the guru's disappearance from the world. Now you have to look deeper. You have to find him. He didn't go anywhere. You have to find him. It's hide and seek. Yeah. He's playing. So you have to look deeper. You have to find him. Where? And where? And in, 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 in essentially, what is he about? What does he embody? Hmm? Somebody wrote something the other day and said, "Yeah, you know, uh, some of us didn't jump ship, you know, and uh, you know, and 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 uh, and follow another teacher or something. Some godbrother of mine talking about Iskon. So I said, you know, you might want to measure the fidelity." of a disciple by something objective, you know, in terms of how much they're actually made progress spiritually and determine, well, I think maybe, yeah, you know, it may look like one thing, but but it's another thing. Do you follow? Hmm? You have to define the ship also. Yeah, that's also there. Yes. I'm sorry, go ahead. Can you reconcile what you just said with the, <laughs> you know, with the comment that sometimes the current of Prem Bhakti goes underground? It's not visible, it's not available in society, and then it comes available again. Um, specifically thinking of something I just read in She uh, Grew and His Grace, talking about Sridhar uh, Swami says something to the effect that are we to consider all these other female gurus, I 
forget the exact context. Uh-huh. I'm sure you know it better than I. Yeah. But so are we to consider all them because the current may not have been as a prey may not have been. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's he's speaking about the condition in Bengal where um, in the, in, the, in the name of being in the lineage right. and family bloodline, if you will, of Nityananda Prabhu. People became gurus, and if the husband passed away, the wife became a guru. Even the husband wasn't qualified. What is bigger than the wife, which is following him? And the current was was not available there, but that doesn't mean it wasn't available somewhere. Hmm? So I don't think he's saying that it's completely unavailable. It may, you know, the current may have been coming from here, and that stream may dry up, Hmm? but. There doesn't mean there aren't other streams. You know, Bhaktivinoda Thakur was there, uh, you know. Or, so I don't think that, um, I mean, there are times when Prem is not available in the world. That's a fact. Prem is a special dispensation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and so forth. Uh, therefore, Anapitichrim Charat Kurnayabhatina Kalu Samarapaita Munatuza Rasam Sadhakti This is a rare occasion he's come, you know. Never before it's said. It means like, not for a long time. Hmm? This has been given, opportunity has been given to the world. So that's true. Then, you know, that doesn't mean there isn't some form of um, outreach, if you will, from the absolute to us. And, yeah, and the possible possibility to to go to Vaikuntam um, and, 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 and so on is, is always uh, available. Um, we're lucky. We come at a time when it's available, and you know, in, in a qualitatively speaking, in, a, in terms of the opportunity, in a huge way, the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the opportunity for Brajabhakti. So the lineage, anyway, this the did began. This it's important to get this from a qualified person, and it means, of course, sharing the mantra and 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 it means also the subsequent guidance. Uh, the practice and so forth. I, I really, I cannot personally think of one, any one thing that is more important to me in my spiritual life than than my my guru. And I had it like reconfirmed a second time in the person of Sridhar Marsha, the Shiksha Guru. Like, wow, that was important. <laughs> that is, there's, you know, there's no, so I don't know how you can kind of factor that out of the equation, hmm? um, in the name of you know, uh, gurus have become you know passe or something like that. That's, that's a, that's a, it's a basic misunderstanding of the principle of descending knowledge, hmm? and and in spiritual circles, of course, the whole idea of descending knowledge, for that matter, is not that well understood, because in yoga marg and Gyanmarg, it's not a descending path. Yogamarg is a technique-oriented. Hmm? You know, control the mind by technique and the body and, send, and, and let the self come out. Yeah. And it barely kind of comes out. If you factor a little bhakti, it, you know, it gets out. And Gyanmarg, you know, same thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a very... These are not... These are ascending paths, if you will. They have their utility to a point. And that is more like commonly... What's talked about in contemporary um, spiritual circles in, in, in the world over 
the descending idea is, um, of course, it's it's there in Christianity, but there's no there's no sadhana, there's no you know it just deteriorates into moral life or immoral life even in the name of moral life. Yeah. So I don't think you can you know, really I don't see how you can do away with the, the principle of the guru. It's very important and it's Krishna's own system by which he wants to make himself. Uh, available, so we should approach him on his terms. This is what he says. So, even if you say, "Great, you know, you want milk here, you want water, why don't you take milk? It's better, it's thicker, it's it's more nutritious. Water, you know. No, I want I want milk or I want water. And so, Krishna's asking for for milk or for or for water, you know, and we, we and you want to offer milk, and that's you got it backwards. That brings us back to the, we were speaking last night about the qualification of guru, that he must be with the Vajrakar. Because we sing every day, Vidya Gyan It's not just, here's knowledge, but intellectual knowledge, but that which is manifest in your heart can only be given, but with Manakar. Is that right? You don't want a barren cow. <laughs> you want somebody who has realization. Right. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, Yes, let's say, you know, at least you want a pure devotee. Pure devotee means nadanam, nadanam, nasundarim, kavitamba, dagadish, kamaye. Means ruchi. Hmm? Nishta means that things are there, but I don't act on them. Ruchi means they're not there. Hmm? This is the difference. Um, when some effort is there, some intellectual effort is there in nishta to apply oneself in such a way thoughtfully that if other thoughts come, I don't act on them. My bhakti is strong enough and my intellect is attentive enough to dismiss those thoughts, ideas, urges, and so forth when they come. Ruchi means they don't come. The urge is for bhakti, urge for going. Hmm. It's a song. Uh, urge for bhakti. He has attachment. She has attachment to bhakti. Hmm. Some taste, some like, and it's reliable. It's, it's consistent. It's reliable. This is means means the bhakti shuddha, and that, but there's no other. Not not theoretically, but in reality, there's nothing else in the picture. Still, that's a long way to go from Prem to Prem. But there is something visible there also, right? You can kind of see, well, the lady's not preoccupied with, you know, this, that, or the other thing. She's a qualified, you know, person. You can see those things. We look for things that are tangible. You can't see Bhava necessarily. It could be imitated, but you can see things that can't be imitated, like the fortitude like the attachment for the name, attachment to living in, in sacred place and so forth, that are all like preliminary visible symptoms of Bhav or it's 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 about to about to happen. Nine such things are mentioned in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Yes. In the verse quoted last night, I believe it's either in the verse or the foreport, it says the Uttama is devoid of the propensity to criticize others. Uh-huh. Doesn't not the propensity. Mm-hmm. That always struck me as 
significant qualification. Finds it uncomfortable. So what else? What's the time? Quarter to twelve. Well, we've talked for quite a while then. So I do appreciate your questions and your silence, your presence. (laughs) It's very interesting, and uh, to be in your company. I hope some of the things we talked about were helpful. Tonight we'll be at your house, right? So hope to see you there. Hare Krishna.